Hey guys, welcome to episode 9.5 of I Know Nothing About MMA. Back to the news. There's some interesting news this week and some kind of a hot take that you've probably seen in the title already. Yes, Kobe Covington, Muhammad Ali. Mm, strange, strange comparison, but that's okay. Also, we're going to be talking about where does Tyron Woodley go from here? What does he do now? Dana White wants him to retire. Tyron Woodley doesn't want to retire. What does he do? And also, I'm going to be stealing a little bit of content from our boys at Morning Combat. And we're going to be discussing whether or not the UFC should censor fighters in their opinion. Should they uh, be held accountable for what fighters say? And also just a tiny little bit on rankings, my favorite thing in the UFC. This is your host DC, not the great one, not that DC. And yes, let's get right into the show. Okay, this is an interesting topic that will get people uh, a little annoyed. Uh, they'll be really upset, they'll, they'll turn off the podcast right now. As I'm about to say, that there are some, not a lot, but there are some similarities between Colby Chaos Covington and Muhammad Ali. God, you guys are turning off right now. Anyway, for the people who are still listening though, there are some similarities. Teddy Atlas made this tweet um, just after Colby Covington beat Tyron Woodley, he said that Colby Covington is in the Muhammad Ali school of self-promotion. Half the crowd will pay to see you. Half the crowd will pay to see you lose. But people will pay. And Teddy Atlas got a lot of backlash for this comment because obviously he's comparing one of uh, the great black athletes, someone who champions social justice concerns, someone who was a real hero to a lot of people. Colby Covington, on the other hand, is someone who exacerbates hate in a lot of people who not many people are fond of. You know, he's not a, everyone's favorite fighter. But if we go deeper, if we don't just look at the surface level of what Teddy Atlas, rather, has said, it's kind of true. It's kind of true that Muhammad Ali... And Colby Covington are very similar people. Absolutely are they. A lot of people forget that when Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay. And when he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. He was a very disliked person. He was almost universally disliked. Not just by white people at the time. But by a lot of the black community as well since he was a part of the Nation of Islam. A hugely radical uh, political and religious movement. Hugely radical. Even to this day, it's um, not many people are going to look at you like, oh, really, you're part of the Nation of Islam? Oh, cool. They're going to look at you like, dude, that guy's a part of the Nation of Islam. That's weird. And that part of Muhammad Ali's life has kind of been swept under the rug. You know, when he was for racial separatism, when he was for these really unorthodox and, quite frankly, uh, regressive social um, 
practices and beliefs, quite, you know, quite regressive social beliefs. And a lot of people like to sweep that under the rug when they talk about the greatest Muhammad Ali, but it definitely was a part of his life and it definitely was a part of his persona at the time. Yes, I know people are going to say, well, Dylan, that wasn't a persona and this Colby Covington gimmick, as we should say, is a persona. I don't know. Look, think about Colby Covington as Colby Covington, like Muhammad Ali, are students of the professional wrestling game. Muhammad Ali was hugely influenced by a man named Gorgeous George. He was one of the most influential heels, aka bad guys, at the time. And as Muhammad Ali says, I saw a wrestler once named Gorgeous George, and the place was jam-packed with people. Cars was lined up for miles. They hated Gorgeous George. They wanted him beat, but they paid $100 for a ringside seat. So Gorgeous George walked out with his pretty silver hair, and he was walking so proud, and people were throwing popcorn at him. He said, ah, you bums. Ah, oh, he was hollering at the, at the uh, fans. Ah, oh, I don't care nothing about you. Now, there are obvious differences between the two. Colby Covington, rather, exists to fill a vacuum of hate. He really just exists to uh, be the most obnoxious person he can be. But what you've got to understand is, this is Colby Covington turned to 11. This is not the Colby Covington you see outside of the UFC or outside of his UFC press duties. This is, this is not him. I mean, you look, yes, he does believe what he says, but he would not uh, be so um, outrageous, I don't think. I, I don't really believe if he believes that Tyron Woodley is a communist. Maybe he does, though. There's a lot of misinformation on the right side. But the two are, are more similar than what people would give them credit for. A lot of people only remember the Muhammad Ali after his uh, stint in prison, and they really loved to idolize his stance on the Vietnam War. Yes, it was the correct stance, by the way, but they don't like to talk about the racial separatist Muhammad Ali. They don't like to talk about the anti-white Muhammad Ali. They don't like to talk about um, these things that really made him a universally disliked person. You know, I'm not trying to rewrite history here, and I think that part of Muhammad Ali's life is just as important as when he was the people's champion, when he was the Muhammad Ali that we have come to know, that the public come to know, you know? And what makes Kobe Covington an effective heel, an effective bad guy, is that, yes, he truly believes in what he's talking about. Again, I don't know if he truly thinks that Kobe Covington's, uh, that Tyron Woodley, rather, is a communist. That would be quite absurd. He's definitely not a communist. He, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's read any uh, Karl Marx or anything like that. Don't, I wouldn't say so. But he really is a Donald Trump fan. He really is um, a fan of the police, a fan of the army. And that's just what makes his character so engrossing. That's what makes it so effective because he really is the person. However, he is the person turned to 11. Now, I did say last week, well, this week rather, that the media have an obligation to report on Colby Covington. If they feel so strongly, if they really feel so strongly 
that his message is A, filled with hate, B, misinforms people, C, is not representative of what they want to report, then I would tell them, do not report it. I would tell them to boycott his fights. Because their response only amplifies Colby Covington's message. When everyone writes Twitter responses and said, this guy is a piece of shit, this guy is the worst thing to ever happen, that's what Colby Covington wants. Because he comes from the school of professional wrestling. He doesn't care if you hate him, but he cares if you talk about him. That would be my message to the MMA media. Do not report on this guy. And the other thing is, as well, is that no one challenges him at these things. I only heard that one guy who asked him how he came to the conclusion that Tyron Woodley was a communist. He's the only person I heard challenge him. A lot of the other people were kind of egging him on. So unless you want to challenge him, and unless you want to have a serious conversation, look, yes, you may get your press pass revoked, but I'd rather be real to myself, real to, you know, real to the values I hold dear than to egg this guy on. And a lot of people just egg this guy on. And I don't know who asked Colby Covington whether he really believed that Tyron Woodley is a communist and how he came to that conclusion, but bravo to that guy because that guy is a real journalist. They're the questions you should ask this guy. And what's ironic as well about this is that this is, even though this is a pro wrestling thing and pro wrestling and MMA are so grouped in together, they're very similar in, you know, structurally they're very similar. Even the fan bases, I think, are very similar. But we really only see this thing in boxing. This idea of, I really want people to hate me and really want them to watch me lose. This is kind of a new phenomenon in MMA, in my opinion. I mean, look, we had Tito Ortiz. I'm as, I guess he is someone that people really didn't like to watch. I suppose we have Michael Menon Page. I'm just going through all the people. I would think, well, people really hate this guy. And, you know, they play a character. I don't even think they're that strong. But in boxing, you have people like uh, Prince Nassim Hamad. Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali. People who really understood the art of self-promotion. And Colby Covington understands the art of self-promotion. And this is a consequence of him being a huge professional wrestling fan. Dan Lambert, his former gym owner at American Top Team, said he'd spoke to Colby Covington after one of his wins in the UFC and said, I've just spoke to Sean Shelby and you're going to get cut after this fight because you're a really boring guy and you're winning. That's the worst. When a really boring guy is winning. Isn't that just the worst? So Colby Covington said, well, I'm going to reshift my image. I'm going to mold myself in a new character. And this happened after he'd went with Dan Lambert on TNA a wrestling promotion. So so really, he understands how to get yourself quote-unquote over, as they say in the wrestling business, and that's what he's doing. But again, the media have also a responsibility because this isn't WWE. His message can only travel as far as you want it to. So the media can 
deal with Colby Covington. They can literally, they can literally refuse to walk out. And if all of them stand in solidarity with each other, it can happen. No doubt it can happen. I just don't think people want it to happen because this guy gets them clicks. It's fun to talk about Colby Covington. I also agree. It's very fun. But at the same time, I'm not one of these people who say, oh, this guy is disgusting. This guy is blah, blah, blah. Because I don't care about that. I'm, I'm in the fight business, guys. I like to watch people fight. You know, I don't care what they care. I, you know, I don't care. I, I'm not going to go up to Colby Covington for my advice on uh, political issues. It's just not going to happen. He is a cage fighter. It's just not going to happen. And if you are one of these people that listens to Colby Covington and now is introduced to such concepts as Marxism, communism, well, that's very sad for you. And hopefully you can do a bit of research and realize that this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's just very strange. Isn't it very strange? Anyway, we went off topic again. That was my huge rant on Kobe Covington. Is he uh, the new Muhammad Ali? Not really, but hey, there's more similarities to dissimilarities between the two in the context of self-promotion, in the context of how vilified these two people were at the time. And yes, Muhammad Ali was incredibly vilify, uh, vilified. Rather, People forget about it. People sincerely forget about it. And they want to remember the Muhammad Ali that is a warrior, is a champion. And listen, in my opinion, I think Muhammad Ali was incredibly brave to think what he thought back then, especially in the 1960s. Do I think that Colby Covington is very brave? Um, not exactly, but it's a, it's a different opinion though, right? It's a different opinion. And hey, he's cashing in on his opinion. He's cashing in and he's cashing in on the hypervigilance people have regarding politics. So that's what's very important to Colby Covington. And that's just what I wanted to express here. And also uh, the media's responsibility. If you hate this guy so much, don't uh, report on him. Do not report on him. Stay true to your uh, moral compass. Okay, let's talk about Tyron Woodley. Where does Tyron Woodley go next? He's lost 14 rounds in a row in his last three fights, but this is something that a lot of guys are not talking about. His last three fights were Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns, and then Colby Chaos Covington. These are three hard fights. These are three upper echelon welterweight fights. He's since spoken about the loss on Instagram. He said he didn't know what happened. He's got to shake himself off, yada, 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 the big spiel. But he has no plans of retiring. That's okay. I have expressed this before. If this situation was to come up, if he was to lose to Colby Covington, I said... When he loses to Colby Covington, not if, but when, he should move to Bellator. And I still really think that. I still think moving to Bellator is the best option for Tyron Woodley. Dana White has expressed that Tyron Woodley should retire, that he should hang it up. I necessarily don't agree with that. I mean, if Tyron Woodley wants to retire, he can retire. I was really disappointed in Tyron Woodley. I thought... Colby Covington would give him enough steam, enough energy to fight how he wants to fight. But obviously, it didn't. 
Now, I think Bellator would be very happy to have Tyron Woodley. Yes, he is damaged goods, but he's also got a personality. He is also a rapper. He can do things at Bellator, which he cannot do at the UFC. At Bellator, there's a lot more personality. They bring out the personality of their fighters a lot more. He can do whatever he wants at Bellator. He can wear the man wipes or dude wipes on the back of his shorts now. He can do that. He can also come out, like I said, like a Trinidad James, where all gold everything. You can do that now. If you go to Bellator, you can do that. And not only that, but the welterweight division in Bellator is a good division. He can have fights against Paul Daly, Michael Venom Page, Rory McDonald. I don't know if Rory McDonald's retired, but I think he, yeah, I think that's an option. And also, of course, the champion, Douglas Lima. These are good fights. These are fun fights, and people would be interested in these fights, in my opinion. Obviously, it would not be the same as UFC, the hype and all that kind of thing. But I still really believe going to Bellator is the best option for Tyron Woodley. I don't think he's ever been respected in the UFC, even when he was champion, especially before his fight against Darren Till. Um, it seemed like him and Dana White were always at odds. Seemed like he was always at odds with the fans. I'm not, I can't believe that's the case, by the way. Yes, he had some quote unquote boring fights, but you know, you got to remember, guys, this is an athletic competition. It's not exactly the WWE. You know, you're going to fight like it's an athletic competition, you know, and look, our champion in the welterweight division right now is Kamara Usman. Not exactly a must see fighter, you know, but hey, he's, he's the champion and he fights very well. Tyron Woodley was kind of the same. I mean, look, the fights against Damian Maia, very boring. The fights against Stephen Wonderboy uh, Thompson, yes, they were very close. But yeah, you, you might want to put it on as you try to go to sleep. That's how boring they were. But even though I'm very disappointed with Tyron Woodley, I still think that Tyron Woodley in a promotion like Bellator has a lot to offer. Has a lot to offer for the promotion. He's winding down. He's at the end of his career. Yes, you can tick that box, Bellator. He's an old fighter. Tick that box. But relatively, he is, in my opinion, still high level. My response to Tyron Woodley was very emotional that day because I just couldn't believe how he fought. It was just, it, it, it boggled my mind. It still boggles my mind, kind of. But I do think fights against Douglas Lima... Michael Venom Page, Paul Daly, Rory McDonald. These will be fun fights for him. Neiman Gracie as well. These are going to be fun fights. And these are going to be fights that I personally would love to see. So if I'm Tyron Woodley, I'm saying, Dana White, please release, if, please release me rather from my contract, which Dana White will do. Dana White will say, fucking sure thing, man. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And I'd be going to Bellator. I really would. I wouldn't be going to one because it's, you know, unless you want to live in Singapore, I mean, and Singapore's a very expensive place, by the way. It's ridiculously expensive. I've never been there, but it's what I hear all the time. It's a crazy expensive place, very boring place as well. But I would be going to Bellator. There's some fun fights for you. You can showcase your personality. And that's something that in the UFC you can't really do because they have the fight uniforms. There's no stage. There's no, even Dana White this uh, past week said that uh, he hated Israel Adesanya's entrance at UFC 243. What? That's insane to me. That's just insane. It's just, he, he really wants to take all the fun 
out of uh, the fights and take all the personality out of his fighters, which I just find kind of bizarre. But And that's something that uh, Bellator kind of encourages, is you to show your personality because it's it's one of the things that might get you over in that sense. But anyway, yes, I do believe that Tyron Woodley should be going to Bellator. Forget about UFC now, it's over. But I don't want people saying this Tyron Woodley is a bum. Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns, Colby Covington, very, very good fighters. Yes, he did lose every single minute of those three fights. But in my opinion, not too much shame in that. I blew through a lot of money, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of money. And I was, you know, jury and VIP and all these experiences. All those things that came with the, with the championship life. You really, when you come from where I come from, you never imagine making that type of money. You never imagine being in that type of position. You work hard for it. And I didn't get there by accident. You know, I was busting my ass. But nobody taught me finance. Everybody taught me one plus one is two. That's math. That ain't finance. It ain't wealth, that ain't investing, that ain't saving, that ain't tax. Um, that's basically you made money and f- you spent it. Because when I was growing up, we spent it when it came in. My mom's check was already cut up. It was done before she even got it. Mm. We had to pick which utility bills was not going to be on that, that month. And it was it was something that I didn't recognize as a kid that wasn't normal. I thought everybody had to do that. So when you start making money, I bought like seven cars and, f- and two houses and all these trips and nobody ever lifted a f-ing hand when we was at a restaurant, 10, 15 people to eat dinner. All right. And for this one, I'm going to hack my boy, Brian Campbell. Also, Luke Thomas. I saw they posted this. I haven't listened to it. But they spoke about free speech. Should the UFC censor what their fighters say? Obviously, that sounds incredibly nefarious. That sounds like, you know, my freedom of speech. No, but when they say ridiculous things, like Colby Covington said about Black Lives Matter, um, you know, again, calling Tyron Woodley a communist, should he get punished for this? Should he get punished by the UFC? Well, that's a pipe dream. That's never going to happen. These fighters, whoever it may be, whether it be Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, whoever, are never going to get punished for by their promoter for saying these things because these things draw attention. Any publicity is good publicity. So Dana White, of course, isn't exactly uh, you know uh, the greatest moral character in the world, so I'm sure he doesn't really care at this point. I mean, to tell you the truth as well, I mean, listen, if he's a fighter. If a fighter wants to say whatever he wants to say, he can say what he wants to say. He's not exactly my role model when it comes to um, thinking about political opinions and uh, forming my own opinion about things. He's definitely not. Uh, <laughs> these fighters are definitely not the people I would talk to on these things. Um, but there is a discussion to be had regarding the role of uh, commissions in this. Should commissions fine fighters for talking like this? And I guess the truth is that it could happen. It should happen. It should happen. And listen, the tricky part about this is, is that bad things, saying really nasty things, even 
baseless things with no merit, like what Colby Covington said on the weekend. These things um, sell fights. This is kind of what's been happening in the fight business for a long time. So, and look, and would the Nevada State Athletic Commission find Colby Covington? I mean, they seem pretty um, chummy with the UFC. So, I mean, I don't think they, you know, maybe they don't want to rock that boat. I'm not too sure. But really, the UFC would not do anything. The UFC would not fine Colby Covington or Conor McGregor or any of these loudmouth fighters because it brings their sport publicity. If you remember, they actually, well, when Conor McGregor threw a dolly through a, uh, through a bus window, a criminal activity, a legitimate criminal activity, the UFC promoted it. Dana White at the time said, this is, oh, it's just disgusting. It's just the worst. Oh. <laughs> but really, he had like dollar signs in his eyes thinking, how can we put this in the next fight promo? Because we need to discuss this. This is a big talking point. So yeah, the UFC are not going to care. They're not going to uh, censor what fighters say. And I know the word censor really gets people the wrong way. And Dana White did say this weekend that he's not going to censor fighters about what they say. He's, n he's never going to do that. Which, I mean, listen, he's a promoter. He's, he's, he's not the barometer of um, morality. Promoters are some of the scummiest people in sports. They are the scummiest people in combat sports. So, obviously, they're not going to um, feel to horrible strongly about censoring uh their fighters and i keep using the word censor i don't want to use the word censor i want to use the word um i don't know i mean there's a, there's a better word though, obviously censor has too many negative connotations but really in my opinion it's not too but in my opinion it is the state, the state must deal with this. The commission must deal with this, not the UFC, not the promotion. Because, and why I say that is in an idealistic world, sure, the promotion finds Colby Covington for his comments. For example, I'm, I'm just using Colby Covington because it's, uh, it's the right example to use. In an idealistic world, perhaps he does that, right? But it's not idealistic, and this is the fight business. If this was WWE and um, Roman Reigns went off script and he said Black Lives Matter is a joke, he'd get fined. He'd get fined, and he'd get fined as well because this is a public company that have uh, shareholders that they must be held accountable to. UFC is a private company. They can pretty much do what they want. They don't have to be really held accountable to anyone except the State Athletic Commission. And it seems like the State Athletic Commission, in particular Nevada, are kind of toothless when it comes to this. Nevada didn't really do much. Um, and even in the case of Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov in that press conference in New York, that um, really horrible one that the press was only invited to. It was a really, uh, like, really dark affair, actually. 
And I don't recall the commission fining Conor McGregor for his totally inflammatory comments that day. And I don't see why that would change. I mean, did they fine Mike Tyson when he told a reporter that he was going to, like, sodomize him and stuff like this? If you remember at the uh, Lennox Lewis pre-fight press conference, he, uh, some, I mean, I guess that was provoked because a reporter told him, put him in a straitjacket. You tell him, dude, someone tells Mike Tyson to put him in a straitjacket, you, you deserve what you get, all right? That guy deserved to be locked in a room with Mike Tyson after saying that. That's a fucked up thing to say. But, in my opinion, all is fair in love and war and in the promotion of a fight, listen, all is fair. All is fair. Will it get Colby Cummington any more fans? Not really. Did it get uh, Conor McGregor any fans when he was calling um, Habib Namagamedov uh, backwards, um, just disregarding his um, religious faith? Not really. But the point with that was, though, is that Abib was very upset and killed the guy. Like, really killed the guy and after was still really upset because, hey, you don't say those things. You don't say those things. And Conor McGregor, in between rounds in that fight, said, listen, it's only business. We're only promoting a fight here. And Habib said, no, we're not. That's not promoting a fight, dude. That's not promoting a fight. And Tyron Woodley didn't seem, I mean, that upset. <laughs> he tried to touch gloves with the guy. You don't do that. I mean, if a guy's calling you a terrorist and the guy's calling uh, Black Lives Matter uh, like a sham of an organization, you don't try to touch gloves with the guy. You try to fucking hurt this guy. You want to kill this guy. It becomes more than an athletic competition at that point. It becomes a fight. You make it a fight. And Tyron Woodley did not make it a fight. But anyway, back to the main point. Should UFC have a role in censoring, I hate that word, but censoring the um, kind of baseless opinions of fighters? No. Should the Athletic Commission? Yes. Will the Athletic Commission? I don't know. It could happen. It Really, the dam needs to break and a serious incident needs to take place. And listen, Colby Covington... Yes, he says things that are totally outrageous, but he doesn't cross the line where even companies like Disney, which own ESPN, would be really worried, I don't think. And that's another thing. UFC could be held accountable by ESPN, therefore being held accountable by Disney, because Disney owns ESPN. Anyway, we're getting off topic again. That's just my thoughts on that. I mean, it's again, it's a really interesting um, situation, right? Do I think that the UFC should do that? No. Do I think the State Athletic Commission should do that? Yeah. Will the State Athletic Commission do that? I don't know. It's just the fight business, guys. You got to remember that. This ain't the, you know, as, as people say, this is the ultimate fighting championship. This is not the ultimate feelings championship. Listen, one one of the things that that we've never done here at the UFC is stop people from expressing how they feel about certain things um, inside or outside the octagon, even if it's it's me. 
if it's about me, you know, <laughs> just a, you know, who's more about free speech than we are? I mean, we literally let our people do or say whatever it is they do. Okay, so I'm just reading a tweet from Gilbert Burns. He's responding to an update in the welterweight rankings. He writes, you've got to be kidding me. I beat Woodley when he was number one. And Colby watches my fight, does the same thing I do. Now he's ranks higher than me. He just beat the number five guy coming off two losses in a row. Who does these rankings? All right. I've said this about five times on this podcast already. And we're like 10 episodes deep. The rankings at UFC are not fucking real. Gotta ask yourself, are they done by an independent body? No. Are they done by the organization that puts these fights on with ulterior motives? Yes. They are about as fucking proper as the WWE power rankings. I say this all the time. They're not fucking real. These fighters are idiots, man. These fighters are idiots. It's not like it's even in boxing, the sanctioning bodies, their rankings, they're a crock of shit as well. They put anyone there so they can put these fights on. Kobe Covington being the number one contender, what does that mean? Well, he's not really the number one contender because Gilbert Burns is up next. So Gilbert Burns really is the number one contender, regardless of what the ranking says. Ugh. Doesn't that annoy you all the time, guys? That these, oh, some of them type are idiots, man. Stop caring about rankings. Rankings are a load of shit. They're not real. It's not like an independent body does this. No, they don't. Okay, there's no weight to these rankings. It's an arbitrary weight. It's a weight that the USC wants to put on it. In fact, it's probably like a thing where. UFC will try to negotiate contracts with people and say, well, hey, you're, um, you're only number five in the rankings. And you put me number five in the rankings. An independent body of people never put me in the point. You put me there. You know, I, I bet that happens when they're negotiating things. Sorry, man, we can't give you this because you're only number six in the rankings. It wouldn't make sense. But you, you put me there. It's a meritocracy. You put me there. But I bet that happens. How stupid is that? Ugh, rankings. Alright, and that's episode 9.5 of I Know Nothing About MMA in the Can. We've done it. We're nearly at episode 10. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you really enjoy this podcast and you listen to it on Apple Podcast, make sure... You give this podcast five stars. Apparently it's good. Apparently, I'm not too sure. Also, if you have any inquiries, my email is I know nothing about MMA at gmail.com. I'll leave my Twitter in the description as well. I do this every single episode. This weekend we have a good UFC card as well. A pay-per-view. Adesanya versus Costa. What a fight that will be. What a card it is, too. The vacant light heavyweight title's up for grabs. Man, aren't you guys just excited? Aren't you guys hot for this? I am. All right, this is your host, DC. Farewell, everyone. Bye-bye.